yes, it has been very smooth sailing, but I think it has been smooth sailing because I've worked my absolute butt off over that lockdown period. Like when we're at home for six months, I was prospecting morning and night. We believe every Australian deserves a right to own at the very least five investment properties. I'm Adrian Trimboli. And I'm Frank Ambezi, and welcome to the Invest in You podcast. In life, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. This goes hand in hand with Mr. Negotiator himself, the guest that we have on today. And it's really, it, it rings truth. Let's talk about property. You only get as good as what you can negotiate. And you know what? To put it out to the rest of the life, you only get as you only get as good as what you can negotiate with. Whether that comes with negotiating with yourself on am I going to go to the gym today? Or negotiating with your kids on going out and doing the the lawn, negotiating with your wife, negotiating with a business partner. This is in all facets of life. So I am very, very privileged to bring on Mr. Negotiator himself, Mr. Dylan Francis, one of the top agents in Melbourne. Uh, and he's going to give us a real masterclass on, on what to do inside a negotiation, whether it be at auction or private treaty. So very, very excited. Can't wait. Let's get learning. I'm very, very privileged to welcome you, Mr. Dylan Francis from Jealous Crane. Welcome, my friend. Adrian, thank you, mate. Appreciate you having me on board today. Looking forward to uh, to having a chat with you, mate, and uh, and sharing the story of uh, of real estate. Thanks again. Absolutely. Not a problem at all, mate. I've seen you uh, in a few different positions. I've 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 known you for about ten years now, Dylan. I think it would be a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe longer, 15 years. I don't know if I would have picked real estate um, for yourself and doing as, you know, let's be honest, number one or very close to number one in Melbourne. Um, definitely in Jealous Craig for sure last year. So I don't know if real estate I would have picked you. But um, I want to know about the story. I want to know how it came to real estate because obviously, yeah, out of school. Do you want to talk a, a touch a bit on that, mate? Yeah, mate. Um, we obviously went to school together. Uh, you know, we've obviously known each other for quite some time, but coming out of out of school, which was Brunswick Secondary College, so sort of brought, uh, born and bred in the uh, in the Brunswick locale, which has sort of worked well for me with transitioning into real estate. But coming out of school, I uh, I got into the family business, which was uh, landscape gardening. So qualified uh, landscape gardener, uh, horticulturist as well, uh, which is sort of my brother Jesse and and dad's business that they're still running at the moment. So we got out of school, we did a course, we got into that, obviously did quite a bit of trouble with the boys with Europe, Thailand, Bali, as you do coming out of school, but sort of fell into, into the family position there and, and, and family kind of job of, of following the footsteps, uh, footsteps of an older brother and father as you as you would. Um, yeah. So sort of got into that game and, and you know, coming out of school at 18, we got into, into to landscaping and, work for a company called Package Landscapes as well throughout that kind of period as well, which did all childcare centres around Australia. So I travelled quite a bit to Adelaide and Sydney and Canberra. So we good start learning centres that we do, uh, you know, a brand new construction of a, of a courtyard or a backyard and sort of their entertaining area as well. But got into to, um, landscaping, we did that for five or six years. Um, and I think it was, maybe it was the end of 2016 or early 2017, I, 
I wanted to sort of make a change and I always wanted to do something for myself. Um, you know, landscaping is great as it is. And, you know, it's, um, it's probably not the most flashiest trade. Uh, you know, they probably get left to last the poor landscapers and gardeners made as a typical builder would say, but, you know, wanting to do something for myself and sort of take that next step and, and roll into sort of transitioning into, into a, into a new gig, I sort of stumbled across a real estate industry there. And I had a good, very good friend, Jimmy Messis, who um, actually went to school with, with myself, who you'd know quite well that used to work at a jealous Craig Fitzroy and, I uh, I hassled him for for months on end to sort of get me a gig, and he uh, he gave me an opportunity. So we sat down with um, a few of the directors out of the Brunswick office here, and um, managed to to get a gig. Uh, you know, in the Brunswick office, so I had multiple interviews with other real estate agents and, and agencies um, in Melbourne, and probably four or five interviews. But I, I I didn't say yes to any of them, and that was purely because of the branding behind Jealous Craig. I, I didn't want to just rush into it. I had work behind me. Um, you know, I used to uh, attend all auctions for Jealous Craig. Charles Atkins would say it. Rob Elton would say it. Mitchell and Greg would say it. I used to go to their auctions every Saturday just as a bystander. Um, you know, wanting them to see me there and wanting them to see me that, you know, I'd like to get involved in the business and, you know, sort of understand what, what happens auction day. So I think I did that for three months before they gave me an interview. And I think once they gave me that interview, they knew that I was ready for the position. I was very green. I had a big beard. Uh, you know, coming from the work boots to the suit shoes was was a big transition. <laughs> but I was, you know, sort of gifted that opportunity here at the Brunswick office. Obviously, thanks to, to Greg Cusack and, and Mitchell Boys here, and uh, sort of that's how I uh, fell into the um, into the office here out of Brunswick, mate. And, and the uh, the role was a cadet, so that's what they were offering at the time. Which uh, anyone in real estate would probably know. That's the lowest kind of grade starting point you know we get a lot of people that work in teams at the moment that come in as sales consultants or or um you know um you might be an executive assistant or personal assistant which is probably a an easier and better role but coming in as a cadet is more running around as a minion for the office so you know i started sort of at the bottom as you can say to get into the gig and you know working long hours sort of doing you know non-dollar productive jobs but as we know wade sort of getting into any industry in any business mate you uh it's not where you start it's where you finish that that should be the goal for everyone sort of listening here today but um yeah it was uh it was a story in itself and uh i still enjoy my landscaping i obviously do my house and my gardens and sort of give advice to all vendors in the marketplace at the moment that are looking to sell them what to do to their gardens and, and how to get it ready for sale because uh you know, I've been in that um, been in that area for, for quite some time. Amazing, beautiful story. Now I want to touch on that. So, 2017 is when you came in as the cadet, mm -hmm. best cadet Jealous Craig has ever seen. Obviously, there's a story so. from there to now, yeah. you know, early 2022, yeah. because, and I've heard it, I've seen it because I've, I've watched mm. a lot of what you do. I've heard it from a lot of people in the industry. You are now pushing up to that real top 2%, 1% of agents across yep. Melbourne, Australia. Tell me about that process. How has it gone from there to then now to where you sit now? I, I take it you're probably not a cadet anymore. Um, <laughs> but talk, talk me through that and kind of even the ups and downs more so mm. from your end. Yeah, so usually when starting in a role as a cadet at any office, you might be in a role for a year or two. I think I sat in a role for three months or four months, which was an extremely fast process from 
coming into the uh, into the office and starting that gig and I was very eager I was always asking the question to Greg and Mitch in the office you know what's next what's next what can I do what can I do to benefit myself and sort of take that next step um you know coming out of an industry that I'd been in for five years obviously doing quite well and then sort of taking a step back is, is always hard you know and obviously taking a step back in, in what you earn and, and what's in your pocket weekly as well you always want to think about you know how can I earn a little bit more money and how can I benefit myself so I was um gifted a job and um, and obviously a positioning Liz and Greg's team here, uh, which is you know one of the best teams in Melbourne itself. Greg's a, and Liz are high performing agents here as well. So I was uh, offered a position there as a as a sort of a buyer's prospector sales consultant in their team. Uh, you know had a lot of um, a lot of you know possibilities and and they gave me a lot of uh, sort of free reign in their team to sort of work alongside them and sort of understand and, 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 you know, understand the craft of real estate listing and selling. And, you know, they got me into my auctioneering course, which, uh, you know, we've been an auctioneer for a few years now, um, but sort of transitioning into that and not doing a role for everyone in the office and really focusing on a team felt a little bit more warming and you felt a position was wanted a little bit more, uh, you know, so you could really report to the team. You had your, your KPIs that we had to work along, how many prospecting calls I'd make per day, per week you know, what leads I'd generate for the team. So it wasn't so much about me. It was more so much about bringing to the team and by buying into the team goals there, Adrian, you know, whatever you bring in, there's a reward for you every month or every quarter as well. So it was still working up the chain. That was sort of the second transition there as well. And I did that for about a year and a half, two years in Greg's team, sort of went from the buyer manager to a lister in the team. Um, and then we sort of had a few other new people come in under us as well that helped out with the role that I took on as soon as I entered the team of a of a buyer manager and, uh, you know, sort of prospector in the team. So then it was sort of me generating leads and business for the team, which was great. But I think I, um, I got to a point which was extremely fast, um, as a lot of people know in this industry, to, to move from that role to a lister in a team to then stepping out on my own, which was a decision I made, uh, you know, it's about a year and a half ago now. So I think, where are we now? 2022. So it was mid-2020, uh, actually started 2020, which is probably the, the biggest step for me, you know, saying, okay, I think I'm confident to go out on my own here based on what I've written and generated for the team over the last 12 months, I'm confident I can do this myself. Now, everyone wants to earn the best possible dollar in real estate, but I had the, uh, I had the clients behind me. And as I said earlier, being born and bred in the area here, I, I know everyone in Brunswick. I know everyone in Coburg. I've been to school here. I've played football together, as you'd know. Uh, you know, we do know a lot of people in the area here. And I did back myself knowing these people that I was working with that I think I'd get quite a bit of repeat business. So sort of made that transition in, in 2020, which was a very tough decision because that was the start of the lockdown. And for someone mm -hmm. to go out on his own, it's a start of a lockdown, not knowing where this real estate market's going to head over the next six to 12 months, let alone just over two years gone, where it would be or where I would be in, in six months, you know, it was a decision, hey, if, if I'm going to give it a red hot crack, I'm going to give it a red hot crack now. And if I can survive this lockdown by myself, you know, not having a hell of a lot behind me and I can push through this, I don't think I'm ever going to look back. And I look back now, which has been two years stepping out of my own, running the first eight months as a solo agent and sort of writing four or five times more than I thought I would write and the goals that were set for that year. So eight months into it, I, I quickly made the decision, having a chat with Greg and a few guys in the office, hey, I need some assistance under me now. So 
we had Nick Roper, who was previously in Greg's team as a buyer manager, start under me as um, as a buyer manager, but also a, an assistant sort of helping me out with opens, calls, just the volume that I had on at the moment. I just couldn't uh, couldn't handle myself, you know, from listing to prospecting to negotiating to auctioneering to selling to admin. It just became too much. So we got Nick on board, which was great. And then uh, 60 days later, due to the volume, again, I had to take on a third person, which is Madison, who's who's uh, still in our team as my personal assistant, EA, uh, who does all my admin. So uh, I don't touch any admin now, which is sensational. It was never my strong point at school, uh, let alone now. So, um, you know, trying to process a file is probably not my strong point. And I don't think I'd be, uh, I'd be as fast as the guys that do it at the moment. But, you know, from moving from a single agent to two under me within 12 months, uh, and then as of 60 days ago, I've put a fourth person in my team, which is Caitlin. So there's now three people under me. Uh, so what I've sort of structured it as is myself as a team leader, auctioneer, uh, sort of, you know, I don't want to call myself the boss, but, you know, now I've got a team under me that sort of work with me, report to me. Uh, and the sort of the rundown is we've got two agents under me that are campaign managers, listing agents, buyer agents that sort of, you know, do, do quite a bit of work across the board. The admin, they don't touch. So Madison does all their admin as well. So it's a pretty good, well-trained team at the moment. Um, but, you know, that's probably what we needed to do in order to take the next step again and, and set the uh, the KPIs and the goals for this year. But, you know, that's, that's four in the team over 12 months. Um, and, you know, who knows in the next six or 12 months time, mate, pending... Uh, how the market goes and, 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 and how hard we can work. Um, you know, certainly looking to increase that team over the next six to 12 months with a few new candidates as well. So it's been well. It's been well. It sounds like it's been smooth sailing or, or has you've obviously had your challenges, of course. I guess the biggest one that kind of popped up there was that decision to, mm. to go balls to wall when yep. the COVID hit and you said, yeah, let's do it. But, yep. you know, 12 oh, months, maybe eight months, that was going to grow. Growth is yeah, madness. yeah, yeah, and and you know you're not wrong there. There was always you know questions and 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 things in the back of my mind thinking, mate, is this the right decision that you're doing? Uh, you know, if you you're either going to sink or swim here. But as we both know in business, you need to give it a red hot crack. If you don't give it a red hot crack, you're going to be left wondering. As we know from you know back in the day, sporting and what we did, it, you know we always gave it our all here. And I, I thought you know this is the best possible time in a market that may be struggling. If I can come out of this and do well, I will never turn back. And I feel like that's what's happening at the moment. Yes, it has been very smooth sailing, but I think it has been smooth sailing because I've worked my absolute butt off over that lockdown period. Like when we're at home for six months, I was prospecting morning and night. I'm sure a lot of people were sitting back thinking this is a holiday, but I thought I needed to double down over this period here to come out of lockdown with the amount of clients and potential listings, vendors, and, you know, people that I could transact with and work with for the next six to 12 months has sort of, you know, kept me uh, kept me going. And a lot of those clients, I've, I've sold five, six, seven, ten properties for over the last two years, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is a big thing and, and a relationship that I developed over that lockdown period to keep me going. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Brilliant. A great story. I want to flip the switch because yep. a lot of their listeners will be listening to us going, what the hell? Buyers agents and real estate agents having a conversation and seeming to be uh, very friendly. How do you go? Because obviously buyers agents, especially in, in the areas that you are taking care of now, they're becoming yep. more prominent, obviously. You know, your, your $2 million yep. homes or even your million dollar homes, whatever they are. 
How do you go when you do come up against a buyer's agent? Um, is it something you like, something you dislike? Do you want to talk me through or talk the viewers through it? Yeah, look, buyer's agents, you know, a lot of people won't work with them in this marketplace, but I've got an extremely good relationship with, I think, five or six buyer's agents and buyer's advocates in this marketplace. I think they're like gold. Now, the reason I say that is, you know, you can think about it yourself. You've got a client, Adrian, you're looking to transact that client. I'm looking to transact for my vendor. So why would I not want to build a relationship with a buyer's agent who I know is going to help me get a, a potential deal done? We're all in it to, you know, get our vendor the best possible price. As a buyer's agent, they're in it to get their, you know, their client, uh, uh, you know, a property secured. And everyone's in it to obviously celebrate at the end of the day. But I feel like a property that gets listed in my team, we've got a list set for buyers advocates and buyers agents. They're the first people that we contact when the property is being listed. The reason we do that is we know they're extremely, uh, you know, motivated buyers and motivated agents as well. We all want to get a deal done. And those clients that they're working with are usually the best buyers in this marketplace. They've got their finance approved. They know exactly what they want to buy. They know their location. They know what school the kids want to go to or where they want to be with regards to transport. As soon as a property comes across a desk, if it ticks the boxes, we're usually getting the property sold to a buyer's agent prior to it hitting the market. So we feel like in our team, it's best to have a strong relationship with them than work against them because we feel like we can get deals done a lot quicker than what we'd have to do if we had to go to market, run a campaign, and then try to find a buyer. And usually we're getting a significant price prior to it going online, uh, working and having this relationship with the buyer's agent. Mm, there you go. See, we're not just talking crap then. No, we're not just talking uh, crap. You heard, it, you heard it here first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are benefits. That's very, very interesting to hear it from yourself as well. Yeah. Um, and that was not a planned conversation, just, mm, just to definitely. say it. Um, <laughs> now, another one here, we always like to leave listeners, viewers with always something to walk away with that they can actually bring to the market, whether they're purchasing a home, whether they're purchasing investments. Mm -hmm. You've obviously negotiated on a lot of properties in your time, right? In the four yep. years, three years, however long you've been out on your own. I want to leave, as a you know, obviously as a seller, you're negotiating on behalf of the seller. Mm -hmm. Your job, mm -hmm. get the highest price. But as a buyer, right, mm -hmm. I want to leave the viewers, listeners with two to three things that they can walk away with in the, in trying to secure a property. Let's let's talk about let's talk yep. about Brunswick when when the market is hot yep. and the property's cracking. Is there anything they can do to stand out? As a buyer? As a buyer. Yeah. Look, as we know, without a good buyer in this marketplace, we're going to struggle to get the property sold. I was a buyer in the marketplace a couple of months ago with a new property that I secured in, in Preston. Um, I think as a buyer in this marketplace, you need to be completely transparent and forthcoming when buying a property. We do get a lot of buyers in this marketplace. Now, yes, I know there is a lot of stigma around real estate agents that we, you know, we may not be transparent. You know, us at Jealous Craig and my team try to pride ourselves on on how honest and forthcoming we are as well. Now, if a buyer called me and asked me what they needed to pay to get the deal done, I'd be completely transparent and hope to get the deal done. But if I was a buyer in this market looking to secure a property, I'd try to build a very good relationship with an agent that I was constantly in touch with, probably weekly asking, hey, Dylan, hey, Nick, hey, Caitlin, hey, Madison, what do we have coming to market that's going to suit me? What have you got coming up over the next 30 days that I might be able to buy? 
And I think you've just got to build that relationship with that buyer. And if I know that that buyer is constantly coming to me and saying, hey, what have we got available? What can I buy over the next 30 days? Uh, I'm going to go to those buyers as well as the buyer's agents when a property is listed and give them the first opportunity to buy the property. So I just think, firstly, you've got to be forthcoming. I think you've got to be very upfront and find a relationship with an agent in the area who constantly sells that stock. Another thing that you need to have in place here please have your finances approved. I know it is getting harder out there at the moment with banks getting a little bit tougher with lending and, and interest rates going up. And, and, and due to COVID, a lot of people sort of transitioning from job to job, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But if you can have your finance approved, you can have your due diligence done behind the scenes, you can have a conveyancer on standby ready to review a contract or, or you know, have a look at some other details if need be. If you can have those one, two, three, or four things in check, I can guarantee you in this marketplace, if you do have those ready to go and a property becomes available for you that suits your requirements, you're most likely going to buy it or at least you're going to have a red hot crack to put an offer forward to hopefully purchase a property. Absolutely, perfect. I think the big thing there, which is undermined a little bit, is relationships. Yes, absolutely what our business is built on. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's, Instead that's of us, very we have a very yeah we have a very good buyer database of qualified people that we call when a property is listed. But if you're an agent in this marketplace and you know you're on standby with me and you know Dylan, please let me know if this is available. Like I've got a, a lot of developers I work with. Uh, you know the list is getting longer and longer. That I need a service and find a development site because I know at the end of it. I'll probably get those resales back in a year or two's time, and I know they're going to be at the top of the shopping list for me. And if a property is listed. I know send it straight through to them and we'll usually get a deal done as well. So I think if you can, it's about relationships here. It's not about me working against you. If we can work together, we're going to get a deal done. I love it. I love it. Flip side of that, mm. say the relationship isn't there and the vendor absolutely wants to go to auction. Now, you yep. yourself, you are an engineer. I've seen you in action multiple times. A lot of the times, the person who wins the auction day is the one who has the most money and can go the highest. But surely there's a couple of tips. Surely there's things you've seen where you went, mm, I like that. Yep. Tell me, talk, talk our viewers, talk our listeners through that. What do they have to do on auction day? Well, look, <laughs> a lot of vendors in this marketplace agent are wanting to go to auction. And the reason is, you know, it's an extremely buoyant market at the moment, coming out of lockdown late last year with all that pent-up demand and not being able to auction, not being able to show property. Everyone came out of the gates absolutely firing. A lot of buyers were cashed up, ready to go. And if I run through some sales over the last six months that my team has transacted, if I look at the price that some people paid and then look back today at what they paid, have they made any money over the last six months? Probably not, but I think it was more of an emotional transaction and, and a decision that they needed to make coming out of lockdown. But I think if you are going to auction, just be transparent. I think come with a budget. If you can come with a budget, you know, and you know that that's what you're prepared to go to, stick to it. And I know it can get hard out there and it can get quite mm -hmm. emotional as well. If I see you bidding against him and him bidding against me, you know, the adrenaline starts to go. You go with a budget of a million, you might spend 1.1. We see it all the time. But I just think if you can go with a realistic figure in mind, do a little bit of research behind the scenes, maybe look in the area with some comparable sales that, you know, may not have been... Uh, you know, advertise on a statement of information. It could be a great comparable for the home in, that's being auctioned. Maybe have a look at that because there could be some sales that are higher than what's been sold and and maybe more than sort of, you know, 
the price it's been asked on auction day. So I think if you can sort of go with a little bit more uh, comfort, uh, you know, with a little bit more detail on the day, um, you know, and you go to auction and you're successful, great. But if you're not, you've obviously given it a red hot crack, um, you know, and you've probably bid to a, a place where you're comfortable and you haven't stretched yourself. There'd be nothing worse than stretching yourself to that limit where you settle the property, you're struggling to pay back a mortgage, you're alone and your lifestyle changes. There you go. There you have it. Go with the budget. Um, I remember having a chat with you, Dill. It was probably early 2021. And mm. you were slowly talking about bringing someone on to, mm. to, to, to assist you, right? Now, yep. since then, you just said it then. In that 12 months, you've kind of, or you've got another one. Three and another, on. another yeah. person to help yeah. you. Um, I guess from our side, from a business perspective, to take it away from mm. real estate for a second. Yeah. Yeah, we only started to see real growth. We only started to be, see the business yep. actually do something once we decided to bring on that buyer's agent. Once we decided to bring on that personal assistant, do you want to touch on a little bit about, I guess, team and then obviously leverage what that allows you yep. to to kind of do? Yeah. Well, as you heard it before, Adrian, I just think there is only so much you can do in this business now. I think it was going to get to the point where if I had have kept going at the speed I was going at, I would have completely burnt out and I was starting to feel that. The goal for me this year is have a little bit more of a work-life balance, which last year was purely work, work, work. And I'm sure it was, you know, for everyone sort of listening to this today, you know, with that lockdown there as well, everyone sort of threw everything else out the window and we really, uh, you know, knuckled down with our work careers and sort of gave something else a red-hot crack. But I think if we can really, uh, you know, enjoy where we're at at the moment um you know and sort of go get someone else in your team once we feel like we've hit that roadblock and we need some assistance a lot of people are worried about taking that next step it may cost some money they're not sure what they're going to write but take it from someone who's put three under them in a year's time uh that's the best decision i've ever made and if i didn't do that i'd probably you know, I probably would have burnt out or would have stuck at the um, at the probably the numbers I was writing, which is still fine. But it's 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 alleviated me to then take the next step and become that leader and solely focus on the team and what the team needs to do in order for me to go get that next listing or generate that next lead. Uh, you know, prospect that next person that I was holding off on calling because there was too many things to do behind the scenes as well. I just think we've really got to think about opening up a team helping each other develop you know to have an admin person under me where i don't touch any admin that allows me probably two or three hours per day extra to make calls and prospect and do dollar productive things and if i can do that adrian it's gonna help my team and my business write more money which means everyone in my team earns more money so i just got to think i think you've got to think about the bigger picture here that Yes, there's, you know, there's a way on, 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 you know, how we can take the next step. But in order to, to do those small one percenters and actually make the decision to do that, I think it's the biggest thing for someone. A lot of people are getting, you know, a lot of people may be scared to do that. And I had a few conversations with a few colleagues from other offices over the last couple of months on them needing to take the next step and getting some assistance around them. And I said, guys, I can guarantee you based on personal experience, if you do this, not saying your business is going to double quick smart, you're going to have a lot more time under you to then prospect and bring a little bit more money and business to the team, which is going to alleviate you to then take the next step to potentially, hey, this person under me can now list and prospect. I need someone else in my team to do the admin. And then you slowly start to grow the team from there. 
And, you know, that's where that team sort of, you know, rolls into action. Everyone's uh, defined job roles are really working um, and it's going to push you to that next step as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost a change of mindset, if it be honest. I, I grew up... Yep. I grew up with yep. uh, an Italian family, right? Mm. And hiring someone or, or paying someone a wage is, is seen <laughs> as an expense, yep. right? Which you literally need to flip it the entire way around. It, it is absolutely yep. an asset to you. Yep. Um, and more time in that genius zone, more time that you're yep. doing that dollar productive stuff, the stuff that's bringing the company the most amount of money. Yeah. Is that worth more than the X amount that you're going to pay this admin staff or the sales representative? Nah, whatever. It definitely, is. definitely. And and sort of working in this area of the north here, predominantly Brunswick, Brunswick West Cove, Brunswick East into the Pasco Vales, uh, you know, a team of four, I think one of the biggest teams in the north, obviously Greg's team's large, there's a couple of other teams in the in, in competing agencies there. But, you know, to be a solo agent in this business, it is, and try to write some some very good commission and, and, and comms and, 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 you know, listings and sales, which we all talk about, you're not going to be able to get to that next step doing it yourself. As I experienced a year ago, I got to a certain uh, threshold, which was amazing to get there, uh, you know, but to then take the next step, I needed to bite the bullet, take a step back in order for me to take two steps forward, which has definitely shown over the last 12 months. Amazing. Beautiful. I love it. Um, we've had a good chat. I want to, I want to leave, if you have anything floating around in your head, yep. one bit of advice, one bit, one, anything, Regarding to business, regarding to property, what would it be to leave for the viewers? Um, I just think we've, uh, you know, we've got to back ourselves. Um, you know, if we look back 10 years on where the real estate market was and business was, and we look back to where we are today, you've all made some money. I think the best investment is buying real estate, whether it be in Melbourne, whether it be in South Australia or Queensland. I think buying an investment property is a massive massive thing especially in our generation i think a lot of our parents probably didn't do as much when we were younger but i think it's it's now a thing of our wage you know if we can get insecure property while we are younger uh, you know maybe an investment property we look back five or ten years time as you know adrian you know we're going to make some money there so i think about just back yourself and i think a big thing in business uh which i've learned over the last five years especially when earning uh you know some money in this business is learn how to save I've got a structure where I save anywhere between 10 and 20% of what I earn per month or per week. Um, you know, I've got a few separate accounts, which I've got a life coach, Dr. Fred, who, uh, who, who teaches me and sort of trains me with regards to offsite real estate stuff or personal goals and where I want to be in five or 10 years time. So I think back to yourself, have someone as a leader or a mentor in this business and learn how to save money. I love it. Perfect. How can people get in contact with you? It will be in the show notes, but just to, just to say. Yep. Um, obviously, I've got my email there, which is dylanfrance at jealouscraig.com.au. The contact numbers, obviously, uh, 0421 023 located at 179 Sydney Road in Brunswick, guys. But, uh, Adrian, appreciate you having me on today, mate. Uh, you know, hopefully that's a, a bit of intel and some detail for the viewers uh, to sort of listen to, take on board. Um but continue doing what you're doing with yourself and Frankie, mate. You're doing extremely well in your business, mate, and um, looking forward to doing some work together soon. Absolutely. Can't wait to see what 2022 brings for you and for us. But, yeah, looking forward to the next five years watching you grow. Even more. I appreciate it very, very much, Dil. Thank you, mate. Have a great day. Thank you, sir.
If you like today's podcast, then you're absolutely going to love the Investing You Facebook group, where we share a bunch of valuable tips and tricks on property investing for our exclusive community. Come join us and let's level up.